Welcome to the Self Transformation Mastery Podcast Metamorphosis. Everything you want is within you. These podcasts will enlighten you towards your own greatness. They cover life sciences that will inspire you to raise your performance bar, upskill you to create and claim greater value while negotiating, get better bottom line results, and eventually grow you into an authentic leader. Welcome everybody to Metamorphosis, the podcast that transforms. We are in our series of business excellence and today I'm so glad to be joined by Ian Parker from Australia. Ian is an international sales trainer and he has a lot of other accolades attached to him and I'll ask Ian to himself help us uh, give us a better idea of what does he do. Yeah, thanks Prakash and uh, thank you for uh, having me on your show, it's a privilege. Uh, yeah, look, my, um, I've been uh, owning and operating businesses for about 40 years and uh, my background is actually automotive uh, and operated dealerships and um, I sold my last one in um, 2015 and uh, we uh, then went out into sales training and coaching, built our own interactive online training platform in 2019. I must admit, it wasn't me to build it. My wife did it. I'm not the tech head and I'm, she's the brains behind the business. So, they built, we built an interactive online training platform. And um, interesting enough that 30% of our business today is automotive, 70% is non-automotive. Um, and all our business comes from word of mouth. We, um, we don't advertise uh, what we do. Uh, we get video testimonials and we tell the world about it that way, but we don't do any paid advertising uh, for our business. So we get amazing results for our clients and we, we teach them about the right way to do selling, which is um, about building relationships. Okay, beautiful, fantastic. And in fact, that's why we are here together, Ian, because one of the things we've noticed is there's a huge amount of effort that people in sales do in chasing after new clients. And that's a good thing to do. But what we forget is how do we retain the existing clients? And how do you read them, retain them for life? And how could we actually, you know, make them uh, our own sales partners, uh, so to speak? And so today's series is all about retaining these people. And so you do it exceptionally well, Ian. So tell us the importance, first of all, of retaining clients. Well, you've got to, <clears throat> there's so much you've got to do, but let, let me just go back a step. When we, we coach businesses, They'll say to me, um, I'll say, how are your sales going? I'll say, oh, yeah, it's okay. But we need more, we need more we need more clients, we need more opportunities to sell to. So I'll say to them, okay, what is your current closing ratio? And they'll say, Oh, we sell three in ten. All right. So and they said, Oh, but that's the industry average. So we're doing what everyone else is doing. We're closing three in ten. I said, but you're looking at it the wrong way. Because what you've got to think about is there's seven in 10 that are buying from you for one reason or another. So you're actually losing seven out of 10 people to walk into your business. So everyone gets focused on the fact, oh, my closing ratio is three out of 10. They've got to be focused on the fact I'm losing seven out of 10. And I said, what you've got to ask yourself is, I know you can't sell to everyone. I understand that. But out of those seven, what are they saying about your business when they walk away? How many of them are saying, I wish we could have done business with them? but we didn't for one reason or another. And maybe there's one or two that are doing that. 
But if you focus more about the people that are coming into your business and following up the people that are coming in, you might be able to turn that closing ratio from three in 10 to maybe five or six in 10. And you're not having to go out and farm more work because the work's actually in there that's coming in now. So that's the first thing that they've got to think about. They've got to get their mindset right about this closing ratio in three in 10. They've got to think about not I'm closing three in 10, I'm losing seven in 10. And how do I turn those seven losses around into a win? Well, that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting insight. So we just try to shift this mindset and shift the focus from our closing ratio to the losing ratio. And that's going to really support us in seeing why is it that we're not closing those other people. And so if we improve that percentage, that's a huge boost to the sales by itself. 100%. And you don't have to spend any more money to do it because they're already coming into your business. So you don't have to spend any more money marketing or anything. So the first thing you've got to do, if you want to retain customers for life, the number one thing you've got to do is you've got to build trust and rapport with the client. So you've got to spend time understanding your client, knowing your client, knowing all about your client, and you've got to build trust with them. And the best way you can build trust and rapport with your client, number one thing, is make a promise and keep it, right? And the number two thing is, is ask great questions. If you ask great questions to your client and you get to know them better, They'll tell you everything you need to know, and that makes the sale process smoother. So it's really important that you spend the time asking questions and understanding what their wants and needs are, understanding, you know, when they come into your business, what their dominant buying motives are, because a lot of salespeople, if the widget they're trying to sell the client has got 100 features, they go straight out to the client and they blurb off the 100 features of that widget. If they ask great questions in the discovery session and find out what the dominant buying motives are, which may be one or two things or three things that brought that client into your business or made that, had that client ring your business up or make that inquiry, then they focus their sales um, presentation on those two or three dominant buying motives because that's all the customer cares about is what's important to them. And if you ask the questions and find out what's important to them, and you sell to them, the sale process is so much easier. Amazing, amazing. So, so obviously the hard selling doesn't work and it's very consultative. It's really trying to understand what is it that they need and understand their buying motives before we just give them a barrage of all the features that we actually have in our product or services. And so we're really starting from a space of, so you said rapport and lots of good questions that we ask them. And that's how we are able to understand their real requirement, the real need. And that's when we're able to offer something of value to them. And that's, that's a start off, in fact. So, so retaining customers for a lifetime is not about what you do after you've broken the sale, after you've closed the sale, but it's what you're doing through the whole process of the selling. Yeah, 100%. And if you... If you ask great questions at the beginning when you're building that trust and rapport with a client and you find out what their dominant buying motives are and when you talk to them about the features of your widget, you can then tell them the benefits to them because every time you've got a feature, you've got to make sure you attach a benefit to it. And if you can say to your, your client, this widget does this, this and this and the benefit to you is this, this and this, it proves A, that you've asked the right questions and then it goes to my next tip which is the number two in getting customers for life, is listening. 
because that is a big problem that salespeople don't listen. And what I'm talking about that, and we've all heard the saying, two ears and one mouth. You've got to talk 20% of the time and listen 80% of the time. But the big thing that salespeople don't do is they don't listen to understand, they listen to respond. And that's the big thing a lot of them do. And a, and a classic example is this, and my, my wife gets very cranky with me when we go out to restaurants, right? And we'll go to a restaurant and we'll have a nice meal and, a, and we go up to pay the cashier. And as you know, when you go to a restaurant, you try this, right? And, and the cashier always asks you, how was your meal? Okay? They, they always do. So I, at times, I'll go average. And they always go, when they ask how was your meal, they always expect you to say great. And then they go, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'll go, just simple thing, I'll just say, oh, average. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Now, they listen to respond, not to understand. And that's the big thing with salespeople. They don't listen to understand what the customer's saying. They've actually pre-set the next three questions up without listening to the answer to that last question. Well, so true, so true. And, and listening to respond is, is something that um, is quite prevalent. And I think what you said is so true. Got two ears and a single mouth. Um, you know, for me, I always thought we had two ears. And I realized this recently. Why do we have two ears? And I realized that uh, that was the only way we could wear our masks, you know. Otherwise, how would we put the mask on? It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> but yes, no, there's something deeper there that the creator had because of which he gave us those two ears. But listening, uh, tell me something more because we learn a lot about speaking. Communication, usually when I speak to people about communication, it's all about how well you speak. It's all about the gift of the gab, your vocabulary, the pronunciation and all the stuff. But barely people think about listening when we speak of communication, whilst that's the most important part of it. So how do we develop that skill? Well, it all starts by being quiet and asking questions and then being quiet and listening to the answer. The other thing is, you know, and you move on to, the, you know, about the customer for life and that, is um, you've got to be a consultative salesperson. Now, that consultative salesperson they do listen. They're not pushy. They're not aggressive, right? They um, they keep asking the right questions. And then whatever that answer is, then they work down that track. And uh, that's, you know, that's important. They've got to, you've got to give the customer your full attention. You know, the, what people think, people think that people don't want to spend a lot of time buying something today, buying a widget, right? And what I say to people that I coach is this. If you go to a restaurant and you spend $300 in a restaurant on a beautiful on a meal that you're not happy with and you were in there for two hours, then you'll complain about it. You, if you weren't happy with the service, the, the price and the food, you'll complain you're in there for, for two hours. If you go to a restaurant and you spend $500 and you're in there for four hours, but you love the service, you love the food, and you love the atmosphere and everything of the restaurant, you don't care about the four hours because you were treated how you want to be treated. So salespeople think, oh, I've got to get in and do this. And I say to people, in sales, speed kills in the sale process 
You've got to slow it down. You've got to listen to your client. You've got to work with your client. If your client's in a hurry, that's okay. But don't you be in a hurry because you want to get on to the next person or the next prospect, all right? Um, you've got to be prepared to walk in the customer's shoes. Understand what the customer wants. Understand what their needs are. And it goes back to asking great questions. It goes back to listening. And that's what a good consultative salesperson does. Okay, great. So we're talking about pauses, being silent, uh, which is a very interesting um, you know, quality uh, that I can see uh, that a, sales, a good salesperson should have, uh, bringing in that space of uh, silence inside. In fact, they say silent and listen. Uh, it's, it's an anagram. And if you just shift those alphabets of silent, it actually becomes listen. Uh, so there's, there's no better way to be a good listener than to develop silence inside. Because if I'm listening to respond, then I'm already thinking and I'm not really silent. Uh, and so then if I have to walk in the shoes of the customer, really, I've got to silence a lot of stuff that's happening inside my product, my customer, sorry, my company, my this, my targets. I've got to really silent all those things. Yeah, that's when I'm here with you, really wanting to know what you have. Uh, that you would like to, us to serve you with. Yeah, 100%. And if you go to the next one, the, the next step in retaining customers for life is building value. So mm -hmm. and what we talk about and what we preach out there is the first thing you've got to do is you've got to sell yourself because if they know, like, and trust you, they will buy from you. Now, then the next thing you sell is your company. So you sell yourself, number one. You sell your company number two, and then you leave the product. It'll sell itself if you've done the good things because people people will buy from people they know, like, and trust and from a business that they know, like, and trust. The product may not be 100% of what they want, but they like everything else about the person in the business, so they'll accept that in the product. Now, you know, if, we, if people think that that's not true, think about this. In Australia, the number one dealership or the number one car brand in Australia, for example, is Toyota, right? So if people, and they say, you know, people buy on price and people don't just buy from you, that's not true. Because if people just bought a product because it was cheap and didn't care about the salesperson or the business, everyone would be running around in Great Walls or something, Great Wall motor cars or, or uh, Mahindras or, or something like that, but they're not. People still buy those brands, but people also buy people. And, you know, I say to people, you know, the, the ideal thing is when a customer comes back to you and says, I can buy that widget down the road for, you know, $20 cheaper than yours, then the, I, I say to people, what is the first thing that should tell you? And a lot of them say, oh, they want a cheaper price. Yeah, okay. They're shopping me around. Yeah, okay. But that's not that's not the first thing it's got to tell you. The first thing it tells you is they want to buy from you. Because if they didn't want to buy from you, they'd have bought the widget down the road off the other person and you would never have known if you didn't follow up. And that's another topic about follow-up, but we'll get to that later. But um, So it's all about building value. Sell yourself first, sell the business second, and the product will sell itself third. All right? Um, that they're the most important things. If you if you sell yourself first 
you're a long way down the track of being very successful in sales and you're having the customer keep ringing you up because they know you, like you and trust you and ask you to organise the next widget for them. Okay, fantastic. Build the value and people come to you even if they don't want to work with you. The fact that they're coming speaking to you means they want to actually start doing business with you. So build your own uh, brand first uh, and don't think so much about selling the product. So get that value there. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, the first sale is always your hardest sale. But if you build trust and rapport with the client, the second, third, and fourth sale is easier because they know, like, and trust you. They're happy with you. And it's just an easier sale process. And also you find, and, you know, we find in business that the person that built you up the most for price is usually your worst customer. But the people that just come and buy from you because they know, like, and trust you are the, normally the people you can make the most gross out of. But you've got to also look after them and love them as a customer if you want them to keep coming back as a repeat customer. Yeah, and I think when they trust, they trust you for the work, for the product, for the service you give, and they, work, they trust you for the price as well. So I also notice that they don't negotiate so much. Once they understand and they trust you, they, they know that, uh, you will offer them whatever the price is, but it's going to be uh, value for money. And so they understand it. Yeah, 100%. And what, what you're going to think about is this, right? Think about, and, you know, to the people out there that are selling and listening to this podcast, how many of you ring up your customers after they've already bought the product or service from you to check that they're happy? If you ring them up after you you've delivered the product or service to them to find out if they're happy with everything. A, it's a great opportunity to ask for referrals. B, it's a great opportunity to ask for Google reviews or testimonials, all right? Now, the other thing with that is every time, what, what I want everyone to think about is this. Every time you're talking to a client, whether it be the first time you've ever spoke to them or the second or third time you've spoken to them or whatever, think about how can I plus one this customer experience for this client so that they keep coming back and they keep remembering me. Always think about what can I do to plus one this? And it doesn't have to be something that costs you money. And I'll give you an example. If someone's come in and says, you know, I want to buy 10 of those widgets, can you work me out a quote? Um, and can you email it to me? If the salesperson says, I'll have that quote emailed to you by four o'clock this afternoon. If you get that email to the to that client by 3.30, that is a wow factor and that's a plus one. It's the little things like that that you can do that makes the whole difference in a sale process and makes a whole difference on how you build trust and rapport with your clients and how you can be on the way to building those customers for life. Interesting, interesting. So try and as much as you can with every transaction, if possible, uh, do a plus one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Think about every client that walks out of your business or that rings your business and, and, and hangs up, the, you know, or, or sends an internet inquiry on your business. Think about what are they saying about my business? What are they saying about the experience they receive from my business? Are they saying they were attentive, they were great, they were friendly? What are they saying? Because whatever they're saying, they're telling other people about it. Yeah, I believe it's very competitive out there. Um, and so these things are 
absolutely the fundamental requirements if you have to really be able to step up and you know even you know show that we are different from the clients or other sorry, from the competitors so i think it's so important for us to ensure that these things are taken care of uh, and and i'm really focusing on these um, and not just keep taking it for granted yeah you've got to just work through all those if you if you nail those five you're a long way to having customers for life Hmm. Beautiful. What else? What else? Well, we spoke in the pre-show. It was an interesting conversation. We spoke about closing. Closing, yeah. Yes. And, yes. you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. I get asked from a lot of businesses, Ian, can you come in and help my salespeople close better? Hmm. And I laugh and I think, okay, so they said, can you come in and spend the day with my sales team and help them close? And I'll say to them, well, I can do that, but that only takes me a minute to teach them how to close. What do you want me to do for the other eight hours in the day? Like, you, you know, and uh, and they think, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if I'm selling my sales coaching program and I go, uh, Prakash, are you happy to go ahead with that? And you go, yes, I am. Well, I've just closed the deal. That took me, what, 30 seconds. But what they don't understand, it is what you do in the A to Z before that and if you do all that right, that entitles you to ask for the business. Mm. But when you don't do all that right in the A to Z, right, when you shortcut it and you ask for the business, you're not going to get the business because they're going to have all these objections and objections can be unanswered questions and that's a, a, a full other topic we could be talking about. But, you, you know, if you don't do the job right, you're not entitled to ask for the business and you probably won't get the business. Now, if you do get the business, It'll be all about price. It won't be about you or anything else. So to to be a great closer, you know, we've heard the old saying about ABC always be closing out there. I yeah. tell everyone to, to drop that and, and think about the ABC and think about the always be caring. If you're caring for your client, mm. the sale becomes so much smoother and so much easier. Mm. If you stop thinking about the commissions and start thinking about the sales with the client, it makes life so much easier. Get the dollar signs out of your eyes and get the caring signs in your eyes. Amazing, amazing. So, yes, always be caring. That's a nice one. I love that. Yeah, yes, very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so that's about closing. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting take because people really are concerned about we need closers we need people who can really close the deal and so they don't realize the whole a to z process before the closing that's just you know it's um you know uh, it, it, it's an automatic process actually the closing once you do everything else uh, properly yeah. before that yeah and, and closing should only be in a wholesale process out of a out of a hundred percent if you looked at that the closing should be no more should be no more than ten percent of the whole process. If you've done everything else right, leading up to asking for the business, it's ten percent of the sale process. But the yeah. trouble is that a lot of salespeople and this sad part is a lot of them still out there that they look at the closing process as being forty percent of the sale process. Yeah. And those people are thinking about themselves in their pocket, not about their clients. True. 
True, and because they've been in that space for a long time, what has happened uh, is that there is this, there are a lot of objections that come towards the end when you're trying to close the sale because we've not handled them in the start. We've not questioned properly, I've not listened to them, I've not been consultative. And so I've rushed this close. And now when I'm trying to close, they're saying, hey, what about this? Hey, uh, you never mentioned about this. Uh, does it take care of this? What happened if this happened? So then you're sitting there thinking, oh, um, uh, okay, I didn't mention this. And then I think what happens is the level of trust has dropped big time because you're trying to push something to me without really answering so many questions and how come this was not brought to my attention? How come that was not? So there's already that trust level. And then even if people would have wanted to go ahead now, because these guys didn't do the A to Z properly, uh, it's going to be even more difficult to close. Yeah, 100%. And look, at the end of the day, when you when you get to asking for the business, most objections are unanswered questions, questions that you never answered during the A to Z of the sale process. Yeah. True. Very true. Good. Good. So we do that and then we, we, we have a beautiful way to move forward. One last question. Why do customers leave us? What, what are some of the, if there is one or two major factors? So people have worked with us, they like us, they're staying with us, but we do see a lot of attrition as well. So why does that happen? Now that could be, you know, it could be the product, the widget that you're selling, maybe someone else has um, developed a, a lot more later model widget or things like that. So that could be something that's out of your control, right? So, and that, that's going to happen. Let's let's face it, you're not going to, as much as the perfect world, we'd love to own every customer for life, that's not going to happen, all right? But a lot of customers leave because they don't feel cared for, hmm. they don't feel loved, they don't feel nurtured, and they don't feel like they're wanted. Because what happens is when you've done business with them for two or three times, you start just assuming they're going to keep coming back. But you've got to keep nurturing them and you've got to keep um, looking after them and things. So, you know, it's, it's very important. And, um, you know, it's a bit like you, you've got to keep giving, like, samples. If, if, they, if you're a motor dealer and they come into your service department, you've got to look after them in there. You've got to make sure they're treated well, you know, it's have your service advisor say, oh, good morning, welcome, and, and you know, all those sorts of things. If you've got a um, if you've got a retail store, you know, smile and greet them when they walk in. Uh, if, you, if you've got a cafe or a restaurant, have your waiters trained to have eyes up. So they're walk, when they're walking around the restaurant, their eyes are up looking. So if someone's got their finger up, they're straight onto it. Rather than a lot of restaurants, they don't train their staff to have their eyes up. If their staff are walking around with their, looking at the grounds, they don't want anyone to, don't want to see anyone as they walk back to the counter. So it's about how you treat them and how you look after them. Mm. It determines on how often they keep coming back. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I remember just research a long time back I read uh, that was from the American Chamber of Commerce saying that 64% of your customers leave you because of a poor treatment they received from somebody in the organization. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you've got to think about it. If, you, if you've been dealing with someone and let's say, let's say you've had a client that has bought an average of five widgets a month from your business, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden, two months have gone by and they haven't bought a widget from your business. Then you've got to have... That, that's got to raise red flags. You've got to be on the phone to find out why, you know. Like after a month that they haven't been in, okay, they, they might have got an excess of widgets, hadn't sold any widgets or whatever, but, you know, how often do people follow up? 
if they, they drop off, they just let them go and I will go and find some more. But you had this person that really loved your business, wanted to do business with you and had been doing business with you and they've stopped. Why aren't we finding out why they've stopped? What have we got to change? Yeah. Hmm. And business owners, just throw this in. When business owners make that call to find out what they've got to change, they've got to leave their ego at the door. And they've got to accept the constructive criticism of why they're not coming back there and then look at how we're going to fix it. If they've got an ego, then it just clashes with the customer's re response. Yeah, and they become very defensive and they're not really listening. Yeah, exactly right. Hmm. Okay, Ian, that's so nice. And, you know, such an important subject uh, may not be as valued as it is because, as I said, a huge amount of focus is on getting more sales, closing more sales, but we're forgetting about doing a great job so that we built that trust and rapport so that we retain these clients. And that is so vital for us because that's where you have the word of mouth, you've got the referrals, you've got the testimonials, and that's when you can obviously upsell and cross and do more with that client and they're there with you for life. There's a repetitive business and it continues. And, and all you did was you did a decent job in the first full run with them. Uh, so thank you so much for your time, Ian. Thank you very much. It was such a nice, uh, you know, conversation with you. You did mention that you probably give something away to the audience at the end. What is that? Yeah, so what I'm happy to do, I've got an ebook on the customer for life. And if everyone, anyone would like a copy of that, um, I will um, happily make it available. So if they uh, either reply to you or they can contact me and um so you have an email id you just want to spell out yeah so my email address is ian ian at ianparker.com.au and if you um shoot me an email i'll send you the customer for life uh ebook ianparker.com.au yeah so it's ian at ianparker.com.au Ian at ianparker.com.au. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. All right. All right, so they do that. And I'm, uh, the other thing I'm happy to, to share with them as well, if they would like, I've done a five-part mini sales power course, which is five eight-minute videos, which can drop into their inbox every day, which is on building relationships, uh, prospecting, follow-up, objections, and negotiating. If they, uh, if they send me their details, I'll um, send them the copies of that and they can have them for life. They get one a day for five days. Fantastic. Fantastic. So nice, Ian. That's that's very kind of you. And I'm sure it'll be a great benefit to uh, the audience and to the to the listeners uh, as, as they actually get in touch with you and get these, these videos. It's going to really up their sales. Yeah, 100%. Fantastic. Thank you so much and have a fabulous day. Thanks, Frankie. So I appreciate being on the program. Been a pleasure. Absolutely.